0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Herod believed that Jesus was a threat to his reign. Herod was a Gentile. Though he took pride in the title King of the Jews, he was nothing more than a puppet of the Roman Empire. He used fear and violence and deceit to buttress his power in Israel. He knew it, and the Jewish people knew it. He was not the true king. And so it makes sense that he would feel threatened by this new king. For Jesus indeed was the true king of the Jews. In our gospel passage this morning, from Matthew chapter 2, we hear all about contrasts between Herod, the false king, who ruled by deceit, coercion, and violence, and Jesus, the true king, who ruled by love and who came to establish peace. Between the Magi, who represent knowledge, faith, and true worship. And Herod, again, who represents human ignorance and hypocrisy, who paid lip service to God by building him a temple in Jerusalem, but who really, in reality, feared, loved, and trusted in his own power and influence over God between the ignorance of mankind and the wisdom revealed in the baby in the manger. The text for this Sunday, the epiphany of our Lord, Matthew chapter 2. Here we see the narrative shift from Matthew chapter 1, with the genealogy and birth of Jesus, to the revelation of Jesus to the Gentiles. We see the narrative shift from Jesus, the birth of Jesus, to the reaction from Herod and the worship of the Magi. In this way, the text itself shows us the transition from the season of Christmas to the season of Epiphany. If Christmas is about, of course, the incarnation, the coming of the second person of the Trinity in flesh, in the person of Jesus, then Epiphany is about the revelation of this Jesus to all people, and specifically to the Gentiles. Herod was a Gentile, as were the Magi. Yet Herod responded to this revelation of Jesus with fear and anger, and the Magi responded with true faith and worship. We see the message of Christmas met by the Gentile people with one of two responses, either faith or rejection. Herod of course, exemplifies for us rejection. And the Magi exemplify faith. This is still relevant today. Herod looks to the chief priests to find out where Jesus would be born. He does this not to worship Jesus, for that was a lie, to get the Magi to come back to him, but to scheme against Jesus, to kill him. There are people, likewise, in our world, who look to the Word of God, the Word of God, not with the right intentions. Most people aren't as brash as Herod, perhaps, maybe not in our country, but they commit the same sort of sin. They look to the Bible, uh, essentially, like Herod did, for information, not for Jesus it may be as pious as information about how we should live a holy life, or how we could use the, the, the teachings of the Bible to live a better life, or to, in some cases, uh, it, it, to get rich. It may be with a critical eye, as it was in the past hundred years with the Battle of the Bible, looking in the Bible not for Jesus, but for, the for but for inaccuracies in order to try to prove the Bible wrong. It may be to find excuses somewhere for their own sinful behavior. Look here, God says I can do this. Look here, God says you can't do that. But to look to the scriptures in this way is wrong. You may find information this way, but you will not find Jesus There are many, many scholars of the Bible who know more than I do, indeed, who don't find Jesus in the Scriptures. Jesus must be seen in faith. You must bend the knee. You must submit yourself in humility to the Word of God before it can be revealed to you. The Magi go to Jesus by order of Herod. They bring their gifts. They bend their knees and fall down and worship him. They go to Jesus not to find information. They do not go to Jesus to scrutinize the nature of his birth. They do not go to Jesus to excuse their own sinful behavior. They went to Jesus rather with humility and they beheld God. They bowed before God made flesh. They saw what we can only imagine an image up in creches and nativities. They were further blessed to bring before the infant Lord gifts, of course. Precious and expensive goods fit for a king. The holy and precious metal, gold, gold. The sweet-smelling incense commonly burnt in the temple, frankincense. And the incense commonly used in the fragrancing of bodies before burial, myrrh. Gold corresponding to his kingship. Frankincense corresponding to him being the great and high priest. And myrrh, foreshadowing, of course, his death and burial for our sins, but also his resurrection from the dead for our justification. The Magi are examples to us of true worship, just as Herod is a warning for us of false worship. Jesus came to the Gentile people. He revealed himself with a star, with light. He guided the Magi, to himself. And just so, he guides us today with the light of his word. When you see the star, think of John chapter 1 and the light which came to reveal Jesus. Think also of the word of God itself. His word indeed is a light to our feet a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. His word reveals what is true and what is false. His word separates the light from the darkness. His word keeps us from potholes of sin and reveals the beauty of forgiveness. But his word can also be abused. If it, is only by, it is only by faith that the light can guide the way to Jesus. Herod did not have faith, and so he abused it to try and murder Jesus. He did not use the light to find salvation. He used it to try and protect his own tyrannical reign. And we, likewise, abuse it when we look to the Bible for anything but Jesus. Humble yourself, therefore, like the magi. For in faith it will guide the way. Now the season of Epiphany is about the revelation of the Messiah to the world. For Jesus did not only come for the Jews. He was born a Jew. Come for all people, all nations, including the Gentile people and including us. That is why Epiphany is so important. For without Epiphany, we would never know Christmas. For how could you, a Gentile person, living in the 21st century, claim that Jesus of Nazareth came for you? The star in the sky was the light which guided the Magi to the infant Jesus, The Magi, Gentile men, were purposefully the first people to worship Jesus. What does this mean? It means that Simeon was right when he called Jesus a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. It means that Jesus came for you. It means that Jesus continues to come for you. His word continues to light the way. It continues to illuminate our hearts. It continues to lead us to Jesus in the manger with Mary and Joseph, the King of the Jews and Savior of all mankind. It continues also to likewise illuminate the cross, the tree where the curse of your sin was atoned for. It continues to illuminate the empty tomb, and the promise of the resurrection. Let us then give thanks for this word, for this light, and kneel down and worship Jesus like the Magi did. Let us then also bring before him our tithes and gifts. We do not do this out of coercion, of course, or fear, for our Lord does not come as a tyrant like Herod, but in humility, found in the manger and in the bosom of his adoring mother. For he came to set us free, and we are free indeed. He has illuminated our hearts by the, and minds by his word, that we might approach him with awe and reverence and receive the gift of his presence and offer him thanksgiving. How blessed you are. For Jesus came for the Gentiles and Jesus came for you. In Jesus' name, amen.